Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey there, team. We're nearly at the end of 2020, and I thought I'd deliver a bit of a shorter episode this week, focusing on some of the strategies that I find are the most important for managing my ADHD. This is definitely not a definitive list, and as for the order of things, well, I move things around a number of times trying to decide really which one should be in that number one slot, and honestly, I'm still not sure about the order or that there truly is a most important thing. When we're trying to manage our ADHD, an important thing to remember is that it's all connected. Any step we take is going to make the rest of the steps easier. And while some things will be more important to do than others, what we've really got to focus on is doing what we can, because anything we do is going to be helping everything else. So while there may be things that might be more effective to do in managing your ADHD, don't worry if you're not there yet. Do what you can do now, and you'll get there eventually. And another thing I had to acknowledge about this list is that every one of these tips could have probably had their own episode, and in time probably will. But for now, we're just going to start with a quick overview. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash top five. Before we get started, I'd also like to take a moment to let everyone know about the Hacking Your ADHD Patreon. While the podcast will always remain free for everyone to listen to, it isn't free to produce. If you enjoy the show and would like to help support it, here's your chance. And there are some great perks. For example, at the $10 level, I'm going to be releasing bonus content every month, and this month I put up a mini-sode on systems thinking and how we can apply it to our ADHD brains. I have to say, this is probably one of the best mini-sodes that I've created yet. These mini-sodes are on topics that I come up with, but don't quite warrant a full episode yet. While I may use some of the same ideas in a later episode, these mini-sodes are going to remain exclusive to the Patreon. If you'd like to hear this one, just head over to patreon.com slash hackingyouradhd and sign up for the $10 a month tier. All right, keep on listening for my top five tips for working with your ADHD. One, accept your ADHD. I know this sounds kind of hokey, but honestly, it's one of the most important things we can take away. We're always comparing ourselves to neurotypicals, and it doesn't help because we're not neurotypical. And some of you may have been hoping that I'd have tips where you just do one thing and it'll fix all of your ADHD problems. But unfortunately, ADHD doesn't work like that. Even doing everything on this list, I still have ADHD. And no matter what I do, I'm always going to have ADHD. That's part of who I am. And trying to fight my ADHD is exhausting. For me, the answer has been working on finding ways to work with my ADHD, to make it so that I'm not always butting heads with my inner toddler. And that doesn't mean I just do whatever my ADHD wants me to do either, because that would just be working for our ADHD. I like trying to find synergistic approaches to making it so that my ADHD isn't always in charge and that it isn't always fighting me either. I'm not into the whole ADHD is a superpower thing, but everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. With ADHD, it's even more important that we focus on working with our strengths. For example, When planning on how I was going to create the Hacking Your ADHD podcast, I focused on the fact that I'm better at writing than interviewing people, and that led me to create a podcast like this opposed to a more traditional interview-based kind of show. This doesn't mean that one way is better than the other, this is just what is better suited for me, and that's what I need to focus on, what works for me.
And so that's what I'm asking you to do. Find the things that work for you. Two, we're all snowflakes. No one has ADHD quite like you have it. We're all snowflakes in a giant ADHD snow globe, swirling around, not quite sure where we're going to end up. One of the things that always is amazing for me is to see the variety of strategies that people use to overcome their ADHD difficulties. And this is important to realize because it's really easy to get discouraged when you try some killer ADHD tip and it doesn't work for you. Well, in that case, it might just not be the right approach for you. For example, I was just reading threads online about accountability. Some people thrived when they had someone that could hold them accountable, while other people felt like that pressure pushed them in the opposite direction. And I really want to emphasize this point because while listening to this podcast, every week I'm going to be trying to bring you new ideas of how to work with your ADHD. Not all of them are going to work for you. Not all of them are going to work for me either. One area that I don't have as much trouble in as some people is time blindness. It certainly affects me to an extent, but I don't need nearly as many reminders as some people do. But I still know that's an incredibly important thing to go over. We're all going to have our own unique ADHD differences, and that's something that's really important to keep in mind when we're planning out our strategies. 3. Focus on community and education. ADHD is really poorly portrayed in popular media, often distilled down to someone who just gets distracted by a squirrel. Well, that can be funny at times. It means that when we dive into trying to treat our ADHD, if we haven't looked at what it really is, we don't know where to start because the only messages we've gotten about ADHD are wrong. One of the best ways to learn about our ADHD is to dive into the community. People are happy to help you learn about the condition. And one aspect of community that is really great is finding out solutions to the problems you didn't even know you had. I know when I was first diagnosed with ADHD, one of the questions my therapist asked me was if I thought I had ADHD. Well, I wasn't sure. I just assumed that everyone's brain worked the way that mine did. Sometimes there are solutions we would have never considered because we just thought that's how life is. For example, I used to think that I just needed to buckle down and make myself study. I'd pack up my stuff and head to the library where there would be nothing to distract me, and then I'd spend the next four hours doing everything except what I was supposed to be working on. I've since learned that trying to force myself to work like that doesn't work for me. I do much better with strategies like body doubling, where someone works alongside of me. Another aspect of community that's really important to consider is that ADHD can feel very isolating sometimes. Knowing there are other people that are struggling like you are can be incredibly life-affirming and make what seemed impossible seem within reach. 4. Don't rely on willpower. One thing we can rely on with ADHD is being consistently inconsistent. And with the fact that willpower itself is fairly inconsistent, that means relying on willpower might work for a little while, but it's a sure path for getting off track. When we're looking to make changes, we want to focus on sustainable strategies. Willpower isn't sustainable. I know when I'm feeling motivated that my brain argues that we're always going to feel like this, that we aren't going to need any help going on. I feel so good now, why would I ever stop what I was doing? Oh, because I got a bad night's sleep, or I got sick, or I got busy, or I found something more interesting. There are a lot of ways for us to get off track, and the thing with willpower is that it rarely is the right answer to get us back on track. And to go along with this, we need to know when we're just lying to ourselves, because that's essentially what relying on willpower is. That's my brain telling me we'll just be fine with what we're doing. I now know that when I hear phrases like that, that it's a signal to myself that I'm going to need to put something more robust in place. 
Say I put a load of laundry in and my brain says, yeah, I'll remember that. Well, that clearly means that I actually do need to make a reminder. 5. Create realistic expectations. I know. I hate the idea of lowering my expectations on things, but more often than not, I've just built up these unrealistic expectations in my head. I'll put together a to-do list and I'll have seven to nine things on it, and in my head, I think it would be perfectly reasonable for me to just do everything on that list. And let's say that everything on that list took 20 to 30 minutes. Putting that together, that's like three to five hours of work. And when I put it in terms like that, well, that does sound really reasonable. I could theoretically finish everything on that list in just a few hours. But that estimation doesn't account for any of the transition time I'll need. It doesn't account for the fact that there are going to be a bunch of other things I have to do during my day that aren't on my list. I'm still going to need to do things like eating, which absolutely does take time. Plus, don't forget the time it takes to prepare your food. And then there are also things like going for the bathroom or just getting up to stretch and clear your head. And this can play out in a lot of different ways, too. I have ideas of things that I should just be able to do, or things where I've just completely blown it on my time estimation, or thinking that my energy level doesn't matter and I can always just push through. Really, what I'm asking for you to do here is to re-examine your expectations, because too often, when we build them up in our heads, they don't actually align with reality. All right, all right. Here's a bonus. I thought I'd also include a couple things that we could actually start working on right now. And that's getting enough sleep and regularly exercising. When we're sleep deprived, we are compounding all of our ADHD issues. Honestly, I could put getting adequate sleep as my number one tip because it has that much of an impact. And along with sleep, we need to be exercising. When we're exercising, we're releasing neurotransmitters, including dopamine, which can help us with attention and thinking. And I find that even after something like a brisk 15-minute walk, I have a much easier time focusing on what I'm doing and the things that I want to do. As an added bonus, when we're getting enough exercise, it can also help with our sleep. So think about going out for a walk tonight and maybe heading to bed a little bit earlier than normal so that you can get your full eight hours before getting at it tomorrow. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, work on accepting your ADHD and giving yourself what you actually need to thrive. Two, realize we're all snowflakes and that our ADHD is unique. What works for me might not work for you. Three, learn about your ADHD by embracing your ADHD community and finding out what it means to have ADHD. Four, don't rely on willpower for things that are really important. Set up systems that will work even when you don't want to. Five, work on creating realistic expectations. Too often we overestimate what's possible and end up feeling like we've let ourselves down because we couldn't juggle all 100 projects that we thought we wanted to do. Focus on doing less, but executing more. For show notes, you can go to hackingyouradhd.com slash top five. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD, or you can leave me a question over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. And if you want, I can even try and answer that question on the air. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is tell a friend an episode you think they'd like. You could also leave me a rating or review on your podcast player, or you can support me directly by supporting my Patreon and getting some cool perks. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
The ADHD Rewired Podcast Network also has some other great shows you might want to check out. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers features in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts. And ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan also has great interviews, but has more of a family focus. So if you're a parent with ADHD or have a kid with ADHD, definitely check that one out. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. What does a gingerbread man use to keep his bed warm? A cookie sheet. <laughs> 